No, it's good to be back with you. Well, tomorrow, tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And in honor of his memory and his work in civil rights, I, um, I brought with me today a stick, of course. What do you think of my stick? Yeah, pretty impressive stick, don't you think? It's, um, it's a stick that comes from the Allegan Woods in Michigan, from a sassafras tree. If you want to come afterward, and I know many of you want, you see a stick like this, especially guys, right? Go, yeah, come up here and hold that stick. Where's that trap door up here, John? I can... And even better than holding the stick, if you want to come up here and smell it, because it's from sassafras, it smells like root beer. We get sassafras from root beer. See, you learn things in church. So in honor of Martin Luther King Jr. Day, I brought with me a stick. And so now I hope some of you at least might be thinking, what on earth does a stick have to do with Martin Luther King Jr. Day? Either that or you're thinking, oh my goodness, our pastor has finally lost it. One of the two things. Well, let me try and explain what a stick might have to do with Martin Luther King Day. Oh, I probably don't want to put that there, do I? I'll put it back down here. What does a stick have to do with Martin Luther King Day? Well, the Bible, God's special revelation to us, His Word to us, one way to describe the Bible is to think about the Bible presenting two competing stories. Two competing stories in the Bible. One story... One story is about the strong and the mighty. And the other story is about the weak or the oppressed. And we learn from the Bible that these two stories compete with each other. The story of the strong and the mighty competes with the story of the weak and the oppressed. And the way God lays it out in His Word, the way He lays it out, Genesis through Revelation, is God puts before us, we are faced with a choice between these two stories. We have to choose. We have to choose between the stories. Choose one of those stories to be our story too as we live our lives. And so which story will we choose to join in as we live our lives? The story of the strong or the story of the weak? Now, before we make our choice of stories, we need to know a little bit more about them, so allow me to try and use one example, at least, from the Bible where these uh, you know, two stories are fleshed out a bit this morning. You are looking at an Egyptian hieroglyphic story, a memorial in praise of an Egyptian pharaoh. This one, I think, is Ramses III, and it's a huge hieroglyphic, as you can tell. Now, the figure on the left with his hand over his head. Do you see him? The figure on the left, your left, with his hand over his head, that's Pharaoh. And the figure on the right is an Egyptian god, Amun-Ra, I believe is his name. And the story of this particular hieroglyphic is the same story that you will find everywhere in stone among the ruins of ancient Egypt. For you see... Pharaoh's ultimate responsibility was to bring order to Egyptian life. The Egyptians expected, they entrusted, and they looked to Pharaoh to bring order to life. 
And, you know, pretty much the same thing we expect of our government, right? Fair enough? We expect our government, one reason why we elect officials to go to the state capitol, to go to Washington, we expect them to help bring order to our lives, too. And so what you see here is a picture of Pharaoh doing his duty in bringing order. And then the Egyptian god is looking on with approval over the order that Pharaoh brings. And you know, our God is a God who brings order. The very first story in the Bible is one of God bringing order from chaos and creation. Everything is formless and empty and dark and God speaks and order comes out of the chaos. Our God brings order. But while both Pharaoh and God bring order, their stories are very, very different. For you see, in Pharaoh's story of order, he brings order by defeating the weak. But in God's story of order, God brings order by coming for the weak and lifting them up. Two very different stories. Pharaoh's story is a story of domination by the strong. And God's story is a story of freedom and liberation and salvation for the weak and the oppressed. Take a look. Take a look at Pharaoh's raised hand. Do you see what's in it? What's in his hand? It's a stick. Aha! I told you I would work it in. He's got a stick in his hand. And what is Pharaoh doing with his stick? What's his story about in bringing order? Well, look at what, or should I say who, is in Pharaoh's other hand. Can you make it out? Pharaoh is holding the weak. He's holding the oppressed by their hair like a bunch of grapes, terrified in Pharaoh's hand. And so Pharaoh uses his stick to beat those who are weaker, to bring order to those who are stronger. Oh, wouldn't Darwin be pleased? Survival of the fittest, yes? On the same hieroglyphic are two piles of something being gathered by Pharaoh from the weak. The pile you see there is a pile of their hands that Pharaoh cut off. In this next slide, this slide, this one is a pile of their tongues. And one of the life stories the Bible reveals out there It's the story of the ancient Egyptians, but it's in many other places throughout the Bible too, this competing story. It's the story where the strong bring order by hitting the weak. In Pharaoh's case, literally with a stick. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine a wealthy culture like the ancient Egyptians A culture where the strong might try and bring order by exploiting the weak. When we all get ahead.
heaven What a day of rejoicing that will be when we days ahead but it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop and I don't mind like anybody I would like to live a long life longevity has its place but I'm not concerned about that now I just want to do God's will And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything i'm not fearing any man my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the lord Martin Luther King gave that speech the day before he was assassinated. The day before he died, he talked about being to the mountaintop. And he talked about not fearing death because he had seen the coming of the glory of the Lord. And the very next day, King indeed saw his king. Martin Luther King died at age 39. 
The autopsy revealed his heart was that of a 60-year-old. Doctors say likely due to the stress and the giving of his life in his fight for racial equality. One of the life stories the Bible reveals and says we must choose between is the story where the strong bring order by hitting the weak with a stick. But there's another story. And you just heard a piece of that story at least spoken and sung in the video. And it's a story of a God who hears the cries of the weak begging for help, begging for mercy, begging for salvation from oppression and hardship and chaos. And it's the story of a God who brings order not by crushing the weak, but by coming for the weak to lift them up. And you know what? There's a stick in that story too. Did you know? Only that stick, that stick is a shepherd's staff in the hands of a man that God sent to Pharaoh and Pharaoh's stick to set God's people free. To bring order by lifting up the weak, by giving them salvation from their oppression. For 40 years, Moses was raised in that story of Pharaoh and Pharaoh's stick. A prince of Egypt, well accustomed to Pharaoh's stick and the story of the strong. And then one day Moses used Pharaoh's authority, his stick, to kill an Egyptian. And Moses runs into the desert. And God finds him there and gives Moses a new stick. A very different sort of stick. A stick to protect the weak, not to oppress them. A shepherd's staff. And so for 40 more years, Moses tends sheep with his new stick. And then one day, Moses returns to Egypt, the land of Pharaoh's stick, and the story competing with God's story. And do you recall one of the signs that God gives Moses to convince Pharaoh to let the Hebrews go? Do you recall one of the signs that involves Moses' shepherd's stick or staff? Do you remember? When Moses throws his stick on the ground, it becomes a snake. And so Moses does this in front of Pharaoh. Actually, Aaron does it for Moses as his spokesperson. Aaron throws God's stick to the ground. And sure enough, it becomes a snake. And do you remember what happens next? Good. Pharaoh's magicians somehow manage to throw a bunch of Pharaoh's sticks on the ground. And they become snakes too, remember? And the two competing stories, at least in an amazing biblical picture... They collide, and the battle's on. And do you remember what happens next? Anyone? Shout it out. Yes, God's stick eats Pharaoh's sticks. You see, though, what a funny story to tell us. 
What a strange sign. Well, is it so strange when we know what a shepherd's staff stands for and what Pharaoh's stick stands for? God's stick, and at least in symbol, his story swallows Pharaoh's sticks, the NIV says. What a picture of whose story is best, God's or Pharaoh's. Order through beating the weak or order through lifting them up. God's story of lifting the weak devours Pharaoh's story of oppressing them. I love that picture in the showdown between the snakes. One brief P.S. Maybe you've thought this before. I know I have for years. For years I always thought Moses got a bum deal when God forbid him from ever entering the promised land of Canaan. Remember? You recall God told Moses, you don't get to go in there because you hit that rock with your stick. And maybe you're like me when I first heard the story and for years I said, wow, God, that's a little harsh. I mean, after all Moses has done, I mean, sure, he lost it there for a second. Who wouldn't with all that whining going on? And Moses doesn't get going to the promised land just because he hit a rock with a stick? But now think about it again. Read carefully why God says the stick cost him the land. Because you did not trust in me, Moses, enough to honor me as holy, different, special, unique, different from Pharaoh. Because you did not trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you won't bring them into the promised land. Moses represents God to the people, God's anointed leader, and the rather harsh penalty might not seem so harsh given the stories of the two sticks. God's story, God's stick in the hands of His leaders especially, but in the hands of all of us who call Jesus Lord, who call God our God. God's stick doesn't hit to bring order. And God needed of all people his anointed, witness, his anointed leader to witness that fact. Careful with that stick, Moses. The people are watching what you do. They're watching what I do through you. You as my representative. And they know too well what Pharaoh does with his stick. And they need to see not me. And since we're speaking of sticks, there's another stick in God's story of uplifting the weak, of giving the weak salvation rather than a good beating. And that stick is, of course, the cross. Jesus, the Messiah, was nailed to a stick until He died so that all who might believe would be saved. So tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Maybe from time to time throughout your day off, if you get it off tomorrow, or even in your workplace if you don't, you'll think of the two stories of sticks in the Bible. One bent on bringing order by exploiting the weak, and the other bent on bringing order by carrying each other's burdens. You know... It's no small thing 
that our president-elect for the first time in our nation's history is a black man, is it? Is someone from an historically oppressed culture or race? Politics aside, I don't know about you, but I'm proud of our country. I'm proud that in America, 45 years after the Civil Rights Act, 40 years after Martin Luther King died, the world's most powerful nation elected a black man to the most powerful office on earth. Now, I know. I have problems with some of his politics. Maybe you do too, and some are no small disagreements. But I don't have a problem with his race. And in fact, I am thrilled with his race. And I imagine heaven is too. Even though he struggles with sin like everyone else, including everyone in this room. So please, pray for Barack Obama who takes office this week. And pray for our nation. Pray we'll continue to use whatever power, whatever sticks God gives us to help rather to exploit the marginalized, the oppressed, the poor, the weak in this country and throughout the world. Pray that we as a country, a church, a family, and each one of us would choose God's story rather than Pharaoh's story. That we would be God's instruments to bring order by lifting up the weak and not by exploiting them. Martin Luther King had a dream. God has a dream too. Both dreams looked forward to the day when all God's children, black, white, red, yellow, brown, orange, purple, any color, any culture, when all of God's children, from the greatest to the smallest, can live together in Christ, in perfect shalom, perfect order, perfect peace. Maybe you also use tomorrow to recommit your own personal place in helping to lift the weak. We've got many opportunities here at West Bowles for you to do this with us, with each other, with your time and your talents and your treasures. Some of them are listed for you on the screen. Our missions drive begins again next month in a couple of weeks. If you would help, please, if you would help, let us know and we'll put you in touch with those in charge. And you can ask them, hey, how can I best help you to bring order by lifting up the weak? The Bible verse I listed for you in the bulletin this morning comes from Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, verses 12 and 13. It's one of my favorites in the text. God has just told us in the beginning part of Hebrews 12 that sometimes He makes us stronger through discipline and through tests and through trials, encouraging us to persevere and building us up and then in verses 12 and 13, we get a little peek at why it is that God gives us that built-up strength. Look at what he says. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Why? To make level paths for your feet. And you think, oh, we're going to get strong just so we can make ourselves a nice path. Keep reading. Make level paths for your feet. Why? So that the lame 
may not be disabled, but rather healed. We're making the paths for those who are weaker with our strengths. That's God's story. I thought we'd let Reverend King close us this morning with a portion of his I Have a Dream speech. Let's listen. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. And every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain. And the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the south with. With this faith. We will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith. We will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day with all of God's children be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrims cried. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And when this happens, when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state, in every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. There are two competing stories we need to choose between. In one story, the weak are consumed. In the other, the weak are lifted up. 
Oh, choose to lift up the weak, won't you? So help us, God. Would you please stand and receive God's benediction? A word that means God's good words, His blessings this morning. This morning, from the book of Hebrews. And now may God grant you the power and the grace to keep on loving each other as brothers, to remember to entertain strangers, for in so doing some have entertained angels, to remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners, and to remember those who are mistreated as if you yourself were suffering. In the name of the Messiah Jesus, all God's people said, Amen. Have a great day, everyone. Go in peace. God bless you.